0: I mean, we have some of it, but, I mean, it's just different. Not just San Francisco, all over the country. So I don't want to just hate on San Francisco for that. It's just because, that's why I'm glad I'm not a year younger. Because all the good, if I was, you know, what if I didn't see Solomon Burke? That would have been, my life would not be the same.
1: That was LaVey Smith of the band, LaVey Smith and her Red Hot Skillet Liquors. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. This is part two of Chris and LaVey's story. In this podcast, LeVe will finish her thoughts about changes in club ownership. Chris has another story about a business meeting the band had when they were just starting out. LeVay will talk about some characters in the Tenderloin, a show they saw at Slims, and a Planned Parenthood benefit concert she put on. Finally, Chris will tell you about a special guest they once played for. Then we'll end the episode with a song they performed at Royal Cuckoo Lounge. Here are Chris and LaVey.
0: Yeah, you know, and they had like, you know, the corporations, you get like five corporations buying one club now. That's no fun. You can't party with a corporation. It's like when Sam Connie was in his club, like Chris was telling you at the Coconut Grove, he'd be sitting there big and intimidating everyone, including the customers. And he was just empty the place out sitting there. And we're like, will somebody get his fucking ass out of here? Somebody get him out of here. So, But like I said, I'll take the mob anytime. At least they had a heart.
2: Just one other one that that, that comes to mind is um, there was another guy who I th- was pretty sure had some kind of connections to mob. Also, this will have to remain <laughs> unnamed. But he, wanted, he saw that we were doing well, and we were playing in Rico's in North Beach, which was a place that had been there since the 50s. It was owned by the same guy, Enrico Banducci, who started The Hungary Eye, which is where... Um, you know, Bill Cosby and Phyllis Diller and Lenny Bruce and all these great comedians kind of got their start at the Hungry Eye. It was part of the so the 50 San Francisco scene, the beatnik scene and all that stuff. And again, uh, the remnants of all the stuff were around North Beach when we got here. A lot of those writers, you would see Herb Gold, the famous beatnik writer, walking around the neighborhood. Um, the guy who owned City Lights, of course, Fairland Getty, is still around, which is pretty cool, you know. You know, uh, you, know you should, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of those and and, and levey was waiting uh, tables at Vesuvia, which was the you know the Jack Kerouac hangout and everything. So that was okay, very cool. So that was kind of part of the scene that we were around in those days when we started, and um, so we're playing Enrico's Ricos every Monday, and uh, and we did a very good job for them because Mondays are typically a terrible night, and we actually were drawing people. So the bartender. Uh, claimed that the reason they survived that first year, which every restaurant has a hard time surviving, was because we were kind of laying it down for them on Mondays. So it became a long-term gig for us. We had a lot of fun. This one guy kind of takes notice relatively early in the run, maybe in the early nine, early to mid-90s, and he says, listen, I really like you guys. He's sitting there, he's a big, heavy-set guy, wearing very garish suits and everything, purple suits and things like this, you know, just really good character, you know. He says, I'm going to start up a record label. I'm going to make you guys stars. You know, like, okay, well, you've know, heard that before. and uh so he says okay i want to talk business you. so we so he, he pulls he has his driver pull up in a purple jaguar outside he said he a purple. and he's wearing a purple suit and i and we're like okay i guess we're going to go to his office or something and talk this is after the gig you know we'll talk business you know so we'll give it a shot you know i mean we're skeptical but we'll give it a shot so what he does is he drives around the block and actually parks right across the street from enrico's and he takes us into this strip joint that he owns Turns out his main businesses are strip joints and firing ranges. Okay. So that makes us even more, yeah, yeah, we yeah. are. Well, making money off of people's vices, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, who knows what he did on the side. So he takes us into the strip joint, and he's, and he's trying to tell us that he's going to make us stars, and he wants to start this record label. In the meantime, like every once in a while, the manager will come and bring some poor woman who's stripping the club up, and he'll, like, berate them. Right in front of us, you know, and mean, and there's women dancing the bar nude right above us f- within feet of us as we're having this conversation. This is the most it's the most surreal place to have a quote unquote business meeting, you know, and obviously, you know, so uh, needless to say, after after like the second time of him berating one of these naked women in front of us, we pretty much decided right then and there we weren't going to. do it. And then, of course, the trick is, how do you find a, a sort of gracious way to say no to this guy? You know, so that took a little while longer. Um, but he also strangely had a club, and like the guy in the basement, at one point that club was empty, and he just had a big desk in the middle of the club. It was completely empty, and he'd sit there, and there was like three the telephones. Yeah, and this is before cell phones were really popular, and the guy had like three or four phones all around him. He's like picking the. It just looked like a scene in some Coen Brothers movie or something right. like that. Very silly. Anyway, these are some of the characters we encountered in the early days of uh, of our uh, our run, yeah.
0: We used to live in the Tenderloin, so like our s- on uh, O'Farrell and Hyde, okay, yeah, yeah. and we had a lot of very interesting people live in our in our building with us—prostitutes, uh, drug dealers, all the best people. It was like good <laughs> time. <laughs> we had a good time. We were um, on the fourth floor, uh, always always a party going on in yeah. the Tenderloin. You the 90s know, '90s, yeah, yeah. One time, Chris saw a. Prostitute, m- a male, female, whatever you know what I mean. A male, a, a, f- a transvestite yeah. prostitute. Uh, throw a high heel into a guy's car window, break it in the, the back. <laughs> Yeah. And one time Chris was working at Blue Lamp, at the Blue. Yeah, he was working at the Blue Lamp with a pimp. His name is Fillmore Slim. What? Fillmore Slim, yeah, yeah. and he's a guitar player and singer. And he Fillmore Slim would be playing up there and then pimping on the brakes Chris was also telling you... I'll tell you about one night uh, when me and Chris went out to Slims to see my hero, Solomon Burke, my favorite singer. It was 1992, and we were real, real young, and maybe just 21, I can't remember. And um, we're just having... He comes out in a purple, uh, sparkly suit, and it was the most amazing feeling. I mean, he is you know, one of the greatest soul singers ever by the end of the night, he pulled me and Chris up on stage with him to sing Proud Mary. No and we knew it. Yeah. I <laughs> was like, oh, OK, they know it. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was random. No, he didn't know our band. We, yeah, it was at Slim's. That was really, really off. awesome. <laughs> and, you know, living in San Francisco is great meeting so many amazing people. Like one of my first shows I put on was Swing for Choice for Planned Parenthood. And see who's a famous singer now One of the greatest singers, like Patti LaBelle Says she is the heir to her You know, throne <laughs> And uh, I remember just seeing her For the first time, like It must have been what Louis Armstrong was like to see for the first time Because she is so electric So that was that. And then going to Jack's back on uh, Now it's called the Boom Boom Room It used to be called Jack's And they used to have a band called Jackie Ivory Quartet, and he was a great organ player Uh You know, I think, I'm not sure if he worked with B.B. King. I think that was somebody else. But he worked with a lot of, maybe uh, uh, Junior Walker and the All-Stars. And, um, you know, those kind of bands. It was all African-American band, all older, all from the, you know, from back in the day, all wearing uniforms. That doesn't exist here in San Francisco anymore. You know, all the good music that used to happen in San Francisco.
2: We played, so we played once for Bill Clinton, um, Bill Clinton had his his staff or whatever put together a, an entity they called the Saxophone Club, and the Saxophone Club was an effort to get college Democrats involved in the campaign or in the Democratic Party. That's what it was. So they would have events, and they had a big event at the Fairmont, and every every muckety muck in Democratic politics, was there Willie Brown, Barbara Boxer, Feinstein, uh, Pelosi family, uh, you know the 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 um, the Burton family. You know, Willie Brown—they call it the Burton Brown machine. They were all there, you know, and uh, and then of course uh, Hillary and Bill. You know, and I have to say, I was—we were always a little more progressive than the Clintons, but of course we wanted to see them succeed and everything like that. They but they of course, they—they beat, they f- they beat after 12 years of Republicans. The, w- the whole world was relieved th- that they came in, you know, and there's a lot of excitement. And this was already getting. But the funny thing is, you know, our name is Lavey Smith and our red-hot liquors. It's a bit of a risque name if you think about it. Uh, and the more you think about it, the more risqué it becomes. And so they w- they asked us when we did this event for Bill Clinton, can, can we change? And this was, <laughs> did, can you change the name because they thought it would be yes. They thought, it would, and so it had to be Levee Smith and a red hot jazz band. And it was only some months, as as I recall, or maybe a year before all that scandal broke. So maybe they already knew, and they were trying to tamp down some, you know. But I, but a couple things I remember about them is that it, you know, it, I was not like huge fans of them. You know, I was again, I support them, but they there were things about them that rubbed me the wrong way. A lot of conservative legislation, et cetera. They were incredibly charismatic people in, in person, I have to say. And I'm not like a sucker for that or anything like that, but I was really impressed, like meeting them and shaking their hand. They're basically making love to our whole band with their right. eyes and all this stuff. And everybody, you know, everybody was. Slick Willie. We uh, you know the old. They said uh, he, you know, he could, he could uh, pee down your leg and convince you it's raining, you know. But uh, uh, it was a fun event. And. Um, at one point, we did something, which I guess you're just not supposed to, do which is we handed him our CD, and right away, some Secret Service guy, like, runs in and oh, grabs, you know, because yeah, he's so you, smart. Yeah, will tell, tell us. He's so smart, he looked
0: at it, and you know how smart Bill Clinton is, nothing gets past him. He looked at that CD, here, will you hold this? He looked at that CD, and he said, is that really your name? And what went down in his head was, I want to fucking kill somebody. <laughs>
3: I got a man who's always left.
4: Oh mm-hmm.
3: My baby is is my baby still my baby Ow.
1: Well, that concludes episode 11, part 2 of Storied San Francisco, our last episode of 2017. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Storied SF. We're on Facebook at Storied San Francisco. The website is com, and our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Chris and Levey have a regular gig at Royal Cuckoo Lounge every Sunday night. The full band, Levey Smith and her Red Hot Skillet Liquors, Plays all around the Bay Area. Check their website, laveysmith.com, for more information. Thanks for listening, and thanks for helping me get Storied San Francisco off the ground. We'll see you next week. Happy New Year!